Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my intrepid co-host, Courtney K. Oh, my friend, we just spent mm. literally the entire weekend together. <laughs> and I think we were texting about something yesterday, and my husband was like, who are you texting? And I'm like, Courtney. And he's like, aren't you guys sick of each other by now? And I was like... <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Impossible. Um, we had the most incredible weekend where we literally watched seven Hallmark movies. Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> Courtney, I cannot even. I have not been able to get that song out of my head for. No days it feels like it's like permanently burned in my brain so the joy of hallmark movies is that like there's they can be so bad but mm-hmm. like they're so good <laughs> yeah how i think we were laughing most of the time yeah i um i wrote in my newsletter that came out on <laughs> monday which you are if you're not subscribed to my newsletter I'm at Substack. You can find me. Just look for Fallon Ballard. Um, but I talked about all the ones that we watched, how they were like interconnected. Yeah. <laughs> By a Blake Shelton Christmas song that we didn't know until we had gotten into like halfway through. Yeah. And then we were like, we looked, I think you Googled it. Yeah. It was a lot. We, we realized this one song plays in every movie and it's like, the worst <laughs> song. The most annoying Christmas song ever. And I mean, Christmas. that's saying something. <laughs> so we watched five of the movies in that little series and we missed one. I'm so disappointed in us. We missed time for you to come home for Christmas. We got the her and the him and the me and the us and the them. <laughs> we forgot the you. Um, but which is a bummer because that one has Allison Sweeney in it, and I really like her. So <laughs> yeah. we missed a pronoun. <laughs> well, and I was like, I we had looked up the song, so I had looked it up on my phone, and so when I got in my car to leave to go home, I you know I just like plugged my phone into my car and it just automatically started playing the song because I had been listening to it on my phone and I was like, no, stop. (laughs) I I can't even, but um, if you find yourself searching through your Hallmark movies and you come across the time for everyone to come home for Christmas, um that's the next one now they're gonna have to get into the plural pronoun (laughs) or they're just gonna have all of the couples that have already been in all the movies like they have to like all go somewhere for christmas everyone um but the amnesia one was definitely my favorite (laughs) i liked that one that one was good lacey shaber is always good too yeah and the hot guy with the eyebrow scar Tyler Hines. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good kiss in that one. Yeah, that one was a good one too. They kissed like three times in that one. 
I know, I and we like, watched oh, that one first, and I think that we sort of got like misled because we watched that one first, first, and we were like, "Oh, these ones must all be really good." They're not. <laughs> okay, my favorite part. I just like analyzing that kiss for a moment because you don't always get like Mm-mm. the best kisses and hot shocker, but like so at the end they kiss. Spoiler. And he kisses, but then he, like, goes up on his tiptoes to kind of, like, get in on the kiss even more. And I was like, oh, my God, what? Wait a minute. I have not seen that before. That was good. Yeah. It was good. And And then um, they do a nose tap thing. And I was like, that's it. That's it. It was so cute. Winner, winner. So cute. Um, have you read any good holiday books this year? I have not been reading much, um, but I do have some holiday books that I'm very excited about. Let do me tell it. you. Second Chances in Newport Stephen by TJ Alexander. Just Ooh. came out today. Happy book birthday tj um let's see let's see let's see let's see hold on i was tagged in a holiday post that has them oh okay the christmas swap by talia samuels it's a fabulous life by kelly farmer Mm -hmm. these are all queer and they all just sound like so good you had one that you were reading at the beach that looked yeah, really cute. It was really cute. It was um, The Christmas Wager by Holly Cassidy. Um, and it was adorable. Mm. It, it was like a Hallmark movie. It was not very spicy. But even without that, it was still a good read. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah. What else? What else? Oh, I also read um, Faking Christmas by Carrie Winfrey. I read that like two months ago, and that one was really cute. I mean, I love all of Carrie's books, but that one was like, it was top tier. Oh, I love Carrie's books. Yeah. Um, And For Never and Always by Helena Greer. Mm -hmm. I know it has like the cozy, wintry vibes that, that you're looking for. That yeah. one's so good. Oh, God. And get yourself a paperback because my blurb is on the front cover, baby. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That was exciting. That is exciting. I know. I felt very cool when she DM'd me to tell me that. I was like, oh, my God. What? That is cool. Also, I'm obsessed with Levi from that book. <gasps> I know. Levi Blue. He's so hot. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I have one more that I blurbed, and I just have to double check the the title. God, it happened one Christmas by Ooh. Chantel Gertrin. Do you get to blurb all the holiday books? Because you have a holiday book. Sometimes. I oh my god! Blurb and all wrapped... the holiday books. Hold on. Lily Vale. I can't remember it's if it's oh, in or with. with. A bow. Wrapped with a bow. B E A U. Yeah, that one was really cute too. By Lily Vale. Literally, that one is amazing. Yeah. And a couple of these, I think that one 
wait. Yeah, that one and It Happened One Christmas that I just mentioned um, have like holiday movies going on, right? In it. Ooh, fun. Am I remembering yes. this correctly? It's been a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lily's is pretty spicy, if I remember. It's been, and it's been a couple months since I read it, but. What's the next one by Julie Murphy? Oh, yeah. Simone. So Hold I on. read. I'm looking on my shelf. Yeah. Is it a Holly Jolly Christmas? Something or a Holly like that. Jolly. Something. Holiday? I read, I read the one from last year. Because I wanted it to in paperback, so I waited and I got it this year, um, and it was fantastic. A holly jolly ever after. Oh, that's so cute. It is cute. I'm very much here for authors getting the money because obviously, when you sell a hardback book, you make more money than if you're selling paperback only. Mm. Um, but I only like paperbacks, <laughs> so I'm yeah. Like- I hate reading hardcovers. I will do it. Obviously, like, I'm not waiting for Iron Flame to come out in paperback. I'm freaking (laughs) reading it the day it comes out. But I don't enjoy the experience as much. And I wish that we could just have both at the same time. That would be my dream. Yeah. Because I really like hardcovers on how they look on my shelf. I know. They are so pretty. Yeah, but I don't want a hardcover in the middle of my paperback row because then the height is off. So true. And I have a problem. <laughs> it's just harder to like cozy up with like a hardback, you <gasps> yeah, know, right. like a paperback, like you can like it's foldable. really just get in it. Yeah. Which speaking of, so I was telling you this before we started recording, I decided to reorganize my bookshelves. Really, it was for like practical purposes because so I have like four giant bookshelves and I had like a rainbow shelf through the middle with all of my like contemporary romances and I ran out of room like I the whole thing was full I couldn't add anything else to it and so I was like fuck what do I do um so basically I'm going alphabetical and I am a little nervous that I'm going to hate how it looks <laughs> and I'm going to be very sad, but like I just, and then also too, I'm like, oh crap, like I have to clear shelves. Cause like Lease on Love has its own shelf and just my type has its own shelf. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm writing more books. <laughs> need more shelves you need another (laughs) shelf or another bookcase i don't have room for any more bookcases so i was like okay so i gotta do something here so i yesterday i started like clearing off my bookshelf to like get everything organized and i like halfway through i was like oh my god what have i done it became (laughs) a whole thing i have so many books i have so many books um I don't know if I'm going to survive. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I have accepted that I'm never going to be fully satisfied with my, Mm -hmm. you know, book arrangement. Yeah. I'm just never. I have like the square, the cube bookshelves. And Mm -hmm. it's super annoying because you have to like do double rows to yeah. fit everything and then I just end up like laying things like horizontally and shoving them in there and it's like yeah 
I went alpha. I actually did the rainbow to alphabetical transition a little while ago. Yeah. So if you need some support, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> also, I do feel like it will be easier to find books when I yeah. am looking for something specific. You That's know. true. Alphabetical is there for a reason, but you know. <laughs> it is what it is. So funny. Yeah. So I'll keep you posted on how that goes. Send but... me photos. Yeah. I know. I feel like this winter break needs to, like I told my kid already, it was like, well, while you're off school for three weeks. Uh, we are getting your room into some kind of manageable condition because it's a hot mess right now. And then this guy. So I, a lot of times will sell my old books at like the local used bookstore that we have over here. Nice. Um, although it's getting harder and harder to do that because I, we've been getting so many arcs and you mm -hmm. can't sell arcs mm -hmm. and I would never try to sell an arc anyway. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, obviously, I'm like not selling my friends' books or like, you know, people I know. Like, I'm not doing that. And so they just accumulate. And then I have so many and I have nowhere to put them. Um, Maybe little so like, free libraries. Yeah. And I have a little free library. It's just in very bad condition and I really need to get a new one. Um, Do you have one at your house? Yeah, I had a really, really cute one, which I bought when I got my book deal and like painted it, did the whole thing. It was freaking adorable. And then someone fucking stole it from my yard. What the hell? Yeah. And I was like, so upset. Like I literally cried. I was like, yeah. so upset. And so then we got one of those, like the library little cart things. And so yeah. we have that out there now, but then obviously it's like anytime it rains. <laughs> mm. So it just is bad. So I think before we get into this rainy season, I might just kind of get rid of it because you can't like leave it out in the rain. Otherwise the books get all wet because there's nothing covering it, which is why I had a really nice little free library that somebody stole. One time um, I saw my favorite little free library near my house. They saran wrapped their little free library when it rained. Oh, that's smart. It's like, that's a good idea. Like, I would used to try and, like, cover mine with, like, a trash bag. But then if it's windy at all, then it just blows away. Sounds complicated. But anyway, my kid has decided that he wants to sell his old books <laughs> and buy Legos. And I was like, I think you're seriously overestimating how much money your little picture books are worth. <laughs> I'm like, they're going to give you like $3. For this. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm going to tell them they're worth more. And I'm oh, like, you baby. don't get to decide that, unfortunately. <laughs> you're like, you could buy one Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's a brick. Um, so yeah, I'm like, well... If you want to sell your books, you got to clean out your shelves. So <laughs> let's do it. But, oh, good times all around. I really but, like organizing bookshelves. I wonder, will you guys tell us what you do with your bookshelves? Yeah. DM us and tell us. Yeah. And send us, actually, just send us photos. <laughs> 
Yeah, tag us in your photos of your shelves and your yeah. shel- shelfies. Your shelfies. I want to see. Oh, speaking of the gram, um, we put up an Ask Us Anything and we had a question. Oh, yeah. By Gretchen Schreiber. <laughs> I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Whom we adore. Yes. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. And Gretchen has an amazing book coming out very soon called Ellie Haycock is Totally Normal. So please check that out, Wednesday Books, next year. Um, Okay, so Gretchen asked, what is your guide to surviving those awkward convos during the holidays? Oh, I did see her ask that, and I was like, well... I literally only have one coping mechanism and that's to drink a lot of wine. So I don't know that that's like healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I, I did think that too, (laughs) to to be fair. I was like, Rosé, um, Rosé all day. (laughs) Um, so I feel like, if you have a counterpart, mm. that's helpful. Like my sister and I, if we have like a conversation where we got to see our way out of, we'll just be like, hey, can you help me with this thing? And then we'll just like exit gracefully. If it's like, if you cannot escape, uh, I often tend to just like change the conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most people really and truly only want to talk about themselves. So if mm-hmm. they're asking you things you don't want to answer, just ask them a question about themselves and then they'll, they'll go off on a different tangent. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of time people will bring up like, I don't know, abrasive topics or um, annoying questions just to like get a reaction or start mm-hmm. a debate or I don't know, like that's what they want that like stokes their combativeness so it's like if you just ask them a question all they want to do is talk anyway right so yeah yeah they don't want to hear what you have to say anyway in my experience yeah if it's somebody who like really just loves that debate they don't care what you have to say they just want to hear themselves talk so true so just let them talk just ask a different question (laughs) (laughs) i love it and if it's about oh go ahead I was going to say, if that doesn't work, then wine. <laughs> She'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then just like, oh, sorry, I got caught up talking to somebody else. Oops. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was out on the porch by myself. Oops. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Um, but when it comes to book questions, authoring questions. Yeah. I guess you could do the same thing. Yeah. I was just, I was thinking about it as like I I saw Gretchen ask that yesterday and I was like maybe it's because we don't do like we don't have like big extended family gatherings like aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff like that. So it's really just like our siblings and our parents and they are like are sick of hearing about my book stuff so they don't say it anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. my brother's not going to be like, how are your sales looking? Like, he doesn't give a shit. So, that's <laughs> fine. What do you think, Winter? Winter's at the mic. Yeah. She's going to mute you again. 
<laughs> Winter with you. Oh my goodness. Just pick up a cat. <laughs> there you go. Pick up a cat. Go hang um, out with the pets. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we have an incredible episode today because we are chatting with Andy Burke, who is absolutely freaking delightful. I love uh, Andy. As is her book. Um, so hang on and we'll be right back with Andy. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today we have, why do I feel like I'm hosting like Reading Rainbow or something? <laughs> Welcome, children. Um, we have an incredible guest here today. Andy Burke writes books with queer kissing and happily ever afters. She was originally an English major who decided to jump into a pediatric nursing career. Her writing is inspired by over a decade spent working in hospitals with patients of all ages. After the last couple years spent in the pandemic ER, she escaped to an outpatient pediatric sedation unit. Andy lives in a blue house in Maryland with an alarming number of books and an embarrassing number of ultra fine point pens. Yeah, I love those are my favorite. When she's not writing, she's probably feeding snacks to the two small human creatures who live with her or trying not to kill her chaotic houseplants. Same Andy. You can find her on Bookstagram, adding to her ever-expanding TBR or letting her ADHD brain happily disassociate while listening to Taylor Swift. And we're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. On Mean Girls Day. On Mean Girls Day. Yes, it should be noted for the record that today is October 3rd. It occurred to me as soon it. as I said that, that that's probably not when it's going to air, but for the record, it is Mean Girls Day. <laughs> I'm not used to this radio magic. <laughs> it will still feel like Mean Girls Day in spirit. When Every day it Mean Girls out. Day in spirit. That's right. Oh. It is, for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so excited to have you here. I was saying before we started recording that uh, when we did our episode with Mike Lasagna, he we asked him for like books that we had to have on our radar this year, and yours was one of them. And of course he was right because he is a genius. Um, and I like remember as soon as it popped up on Nick Ellie, I was like, <gasps> I was like, that's the one Mike told me to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I need it immediately. Um, and it's just so good. It Yay, thank all the you things. So, so fetch. <laughs> <laughs> but not in a nice. trying to make fetch happen sort of way. In a... <laughs> in a, it has already happened and it is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh my you. gosh, I love it. It was so nice of Mike to say so many nice things on that episode about my book. It's just <laughs> He's utterly overwhelming. He all is. true, all true. Thank yes. you. How are uh, you doing? Oh, sorry, Helen. No, you're good. <laughs> How am I doing? Um, I, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. I did a debut novel and all of a sudden um, it's just out there. I mean, it was been out there for a while. It's because of being on NetGalley and I've had so many wonderful people Um post reviews and just DMs. And it's been just quite a bananas experience in terms of being so exciting, but also it's just bizarre. It's one of those things where you try to wrap your head around it and it's very difficult to wrap your head around it, especially when you were a struggling writer thinking that it was never going to happen for a long time. And then all of a sudden it did. And then people ask you what you do and you don't quite know what to say. Well, I'm, I'm still a nurse, but also Mm-hmm. also this other thing that's like my entire dream come true um it's hard to wrap your head around it all at once I guess but mm-hmm. I'm doing really good it's exciting yeah 
Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's very overwhelming. Um, I feel that. I still have moments where I'm like, when people ask me like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, um, well, it's complicated. <laughs> right? I don't know when I'm supposed to start saying, you know, where, where the scale is for like when I start saying the, this job versus that job. But one job requires way more explanation. Most people know what you do when you say pediatric nurse. They know like tiny humans, small butts, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but with writing, it's like, oh, I, well, I'm a write, uh, author, writer, books. I Books. I like books. Books are my job. Like in the same way Ken is beach, I'm books, I guess. Oh my God. That should just be the standard now. My answer from now on. Yes. My job is books. My entire cultural existence right now is just, you know, explained by Taylor Swift and Barbie movie. So, you know, I feel like that's a good place to be. We live in a beautiful time for the zeitgeist, I think. We do. We do. Oh my God. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about some of that stuff later because I have so many thoughts. Um, but before we do that, we have to talk about your amazing book. So for those who haven't read it yet, can you give us like a little elevator pitch? And by elevator pitch, I mean, take as much time as you need. It doesn't have to be a fast one. Tell us sure. all about it. Sure. Um, so fly with me as a sapphic fake dating, um, romance i would say romantic comedy because there's a lot of comedy in it it's very funny um if i say so myself but it also has just like some incredible amount of heart and it is about a er nurse who uh, meets a very sexy very type a airline pilot after an in-flight emergency where she has to save a life and then a video of her saving that life goes viral and due to the patriarchy because you know the patriarchy um, they decide to use fake dating to battle um, Stella, who is the pilot's glass ceiling at her job. And then feelings ensue. <laughs> I think I was better at that during events, at pitching the book. But that's, oh God, my, that was, that's the general idea. That was perfect. Oh it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was like <laughs> way better than I ever do. That was amazing. Um, one of my favorite things about this book is that they end up spending some time together at Disney World. Yes. And yes. I was just like squealing the whole time. <laughs> the amount of people that have been about the Disney in terms of the messages that I've gotten about how exciting the Disney portion makes people um, just blew me away, which is really exciting because I do. I also love Disney. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it's not something you see very often in books, like there's not a lot of um, like Disney specific mentions. And so I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Well, especially with the Disney running, I found a lot of people were talking about running the Disney races and how fun they are. And I haven't run a Disney race, but my brothers run several. And I've just been surprised at how many people have really hooked into that part of the plot. And um, several people have like brought their book to Disney and it just, uh, it feels so magical. Oh, cute. If I I were to ever run, that's how you would get me to do it. Like that's, that would be it. Well, apparently the Disney races are super low key. So it's a good way to do it. I have done a few um, at Disneyland, not at Disney World, but um, yeah, I love them because I'm like a walker. Like I can walk all day long, like no problem. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm like, I'm not running, but I will walk three miles to Disneyland, like no problem. Um, Yeah. And they are super chill and they're super fun, but they're very expensive. So expensive. (laughs) The running industry, I mean, it's like you, 
it's kind of strange that we like pay to have ourselves tortured, um, <laughs> just true. like of our own volition. Okay. It's so How true. are we going to explain that to for future generations? Well, I paid $200 <laughs> so that I could, you know, ambulate very quickly, but probably not that quickly. In my case, I ran a half marathon once and it was very hard. Wow. But yeah. for the low price of one book, you can live vicariously. <laughs> yes. It's and fly better. with me. <laughs> but not in a bad way. It's like a small part of the plot. That's so fun that you included that. Just like the joy of, I don't know. I feel like our generation were like, we were like the Disney kid generation. We grew up with this big boom of Disney cartoons and you know, Disney being huge and thriving. And like, that's kind of what we grew up on. And so having that joy brought into an adult romance is just really, really special, really, really special. There's been a lot of discourse right now about like how we're embracing our inner children. And I feel like living through the gold, what I think is the golden age of Disney animated cinema, um, like pre Pixar, um, it really did inform a lot of our childhoods and our experience. And in the same way, we're kind of reclaiming that like, femininity through Barbie and understanding Mm -hmm. why that's important. I think being able to recapture some of that magic from Disney and from our childhood is so important. And I think we're seeing that in terms of two also how romance is coming up and being such a mainstream genre. And you have so many people that are like reading romance books. Sometimes there are people that are reading them for the first time and it's, I don't know, it's magical. Yes. Never really equated those two, but that totally makes a lot of sense. It's the same kind of thing. Like you go to Disney for like the magic and you know that you're going to have a fun time and a good day and a good experience. And that's the same thing that we get from romance. Never thought about that. It's true. I think that there's a lot of things like that, that sometimes we're told that we have to like cast off those things when we get older and, you know, only read gritty books or you know intense books to have it be reading and I think that it's wonderful that now we're seeing that no we can enjoy all of these things and we don't have to lose the magic as we get older yes yeah plus we're we're generation of emo kids we're always going to do like we're all going to rebel against what we're supposed to be doing (laughs) that is so true and I've recently, like, well, in addition to the, my Taylor Swift fixation, I definitely went through, like, a few months recently where I was listening to, like, Dashboard Confessional. Like, oh, yeah. A oh. lot of Dashboard Confessional. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You've got to, like, relive those, like, days, even though I'm pushing 40. But I'm a rebel. Damn it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have a lot of those uh, when I am coordinating weddings. Um and right now the trend is like the DJ's playlist feels like my eighth grade dance. Um, that's amazing. That's like where we are at and I'm here. I live for it. Like, I'm like, yes. Which, okay. I love that. But then all of a sudden you walk into like a grocery store and they're playing <laughs> death cab for cutie and postal service. Like, and I'm like, fuck? but like, but no, that was supposed <laughs> to be like alternative music. And now I'm like buying freaking onions and that's what's playing that's so true <laughs> oh my god uh, oh no it's we a little concerning <laughs> it is it's so true. oh my god that's so funny oh we're so Not, old um i i want to hear more about 
the romance in this book. Okay, so why pilot? Why like what what made you bring this all together? Okay, so well, ER nurse is obvious because I was working in the ER. I'm a pediatric nurse, and there's certain things that I like. I don't, know, don't belong in a romance. I'm very careful about like what I talk about with nursing because nursing can sometimes be kind of like a bummer to be perfectly honest. Um, mm. So, but but like I don't know, but it's also really exciting, and so that's the nurse aspect to it, and. For some reason, I've just been kind of surrounded by aviation my whole life. My mom was a computer programmer and for IBM back in the day. And she, as I was growing up, she designed or helped design some of the air traffic control systems. So I remember going to take your child to work day as a kid and seeing little airplanes fly across the screen on like the big um, monitors. And then my just people around me, my old college roommate worked for an airline and then my ex-husband, he is a was a safety and is a safety president. And he, he still exists. He's just not my president. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but he um, he's an aviation safety engineer. And just I, I was surrounded by people that worked in aviation or with planes. Um, I don't like flying. I mm-hmm. will fly. But find the situation somewhat uniquely terrifying. I have no idea what that pilot ate for breakfast. I don't know how much sleep he got. He or she got last night that in person, um, don't know. And they are under control of the big tin box that I'm in a bajillion feet in the air. So I find it a uniquely terrifying experience. Mm-hmm. And because of my anxiety, mm-hmm. I tend to think through a lot of really um, uh, worst case scenarios, which very much informs the plot. And then I want to make them funny because I like comedy. Um, and that's kind of how the first scene was born. And the first scene hasn't really changed that much since I first wrote it in terms of the general sequence of things. And then from there, because I'm more of a pantser, the story just kind of evolved from there. So that's, that's amazing. How. That's amazing. I have to say, I, I'm i not like a, a bad flyer and I have been flying a lot more often frequently, so I've gotten more used to it. But the idea of having like a medical emergency on a plane is definitely something that I think about like every time I get on a plane and like have a little heart attack about it. Um, And I didn't actually see anything, but I have been on a plane where you heard the announcement, like if there's a medical professional on board, like, like alert the flight attendant. And I was like, Oh my God, what is that? And I have several nurse friends that have been involved in dealing with medical emergency type things on planes. So yeah, I know. I'm sure it happens more often than you want it to, but um, Yeah. Half a Xanax and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like lately I'm traveling with my kids. So then mm-hmm. once your kids are on the plane too, I feel like I'm so focused on them that my own level of like low key panic is sort of like overshadowed by like, where are the snacks? Here's more yeah. snacks. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to keep them from like destroying everyone else's experience on board. Like that is my mom anxiety of like, please don't be that kid. Right. Exactly. Like we will just, we will just be, and we will be good humans and I will feed you lots of snacks and let you have lots of iPad time. Just, you know, don't disrupt everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rules on the plane. You want candy right now? Have some candy. Fruit snacks for lunch? Have some fruit snacks. (laughs) Yeah, man. Just like whatever sugar you got, whatever will keep you calm until we land. That's good. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, 
I forgot what I was going to say. Courtney, what were you going to say? <laughs> oh, no, my my cat is sitting on the windowsill and just pushed open the, what's this called? A shutter <laughs> into <Yeah>. my face. <laughs> She's like, mm. no, I, I actually travel much better solo. I hate to say Same. that about my family. I love them so much. But when it's just me, like, I love being in the destination with my family. But like right. the journey of traveling, I do much better on my own because I am able to like self-soothe a lot better mm-hmm. when I don't know, like when it's my family, I'm so concerned about like how they're feeling and like calming them down and th- that I don't really have enough time for to soothe myself. <laughs> Oh, I totally get that because I feel like I get the aftermath stress. Like, I don't know if you guys, yeah, yes. I'm focused on them, but I still feel all the stress. It's just a little bit delayed um, where I get out and it's just, you're so ramped up, like every muscle on your body is tense. But I agree because when you're with your with yourself, you can like just have your headphones in yeah. and, you know, read a book and yeah, no. When I'm on that my own, I, yeah, like I don't really give a shit. Like I'm like, well, if I'm if things run late, it's fine. I can take care of myself. Like I, I'll just chill. I'll read a book. I'll watch a show. It's no problem. But you know, when you're with your family, it's like you just if they're upset, you're upset, and it's like you just want them to be comfortable. So it's like, <laughs> and you have no control. Nope. Um. So it's so hard. I I my heart goes out to anybody who's been stuck like on a tarmac with like mm. children or, oh, or I don't know, like, like a spouse, anybody who's whiny. And um, <laughs> I probably came out wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know, like, but I cannot imagine the experience with kids and because you have no control and they're, they're looking at you, this person who's supposed to be in charge of things. And they're saying like, but why can't I get off the plane? Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, traveling man. I know. Right. It's like, it's the best thing, but it also can be so stressful. My my husband is literally on a plane to Hong Kong right now. (laughs) But I told him because he has really high flight, like trout. He hates flying and he gets really stressed out and he's very even keel. Not much stresses him out. So, um, I just told him, like, you'll you'll be fine. Like, just lean into the waiting because that's all traveling is, just waiting, waiting to get there. So, yeah. have It's amazing when I'm here, when I'm anywhere by myself, though, <clears throat> where I don't have to be in a rush, how much less I care. Yeah, and Once you, like, too. take that timing, you're just like, it's okay. Like, I'm not, you know, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Changes your whole impact, like, perspective. I, I think when that. you're a book nerd, too, it's like... Oh, I'll watch some yep. more reading time. <laughs> yep. More writing oh no. time. Oh, no. I'll sit here with my book and not move for a little bit longer. <laughs> the worst. That's so true. I live for a flight on my own because I'm like, I have an excuse. I can get to the airport super early, even though I know I don't need to be there that early. But then I'm just there by myself. <laughs> I can do whatever I want and it's going to be amazing. Like browse the airport bookstore, get a glass of wine. What? Yes. That's so true. I'm going to fly. I'm flying in November and now I feel like I'm just going to get there really early. Do it. Honestly, the part of this whole like author experience that has rocked my mind the most 
is when somebody sent me a picture of my book, like in the Houston airport, like in a face out, like, but people keep sending me pictures of it in the airports, which I don't know how that happened. Um, but it is bananas. So I love that. That's so cool. The perfect airport read. Oh my gosh. It is. I kept sending my cover designer. I was like, this has nothing to do with my book. It's just because you're a beautiful cover. So thank you so much for creating it. No, it's It's also, yeah, yeah, let's, (laughs) it's both. Um, Also last airport thing. And then we can stop talking about airports. Um, but I love talking about airports. So I can do that all day. It's just a strange experience. Just it is. It's just a whole other world. But my absolute favorite thing, and if you haven't done this, I highly recommend it, is the majority of like first class lounges let you buy like a day pass. So when you're flying by yourself, you can just go up to the first class lounge of whatever flight airline you're on. And it's usually like 50 to 60 bucks, but it's free booze, free food, Mm -hmm. and it's like your own little private space where there's like not a lot of people there's super comfortable seats like there's always like quiet little corners Mm -hmm. there's really nice bathrooms it is so worth the price of admission um and if you have not had that experience yet please go do it because it is amazing this seems like witchcraft and i'm like totally here for it i love it yes this is amazing amazing. my father-in-law like when we travel as a family he has like so many miles from like his career built up over time. So we go to like the lounge, the United Lounge. I'm like, what is this? This is VIP. <laughs> what is happening? It's a good place. It's a good place. Yeah, it is a good place. <laughs> it is a good place in the airport. And it's you know, true. Susan Lee was telling me they have like nap rooms in airports now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can I just like move to an, air- an airport and I- live there? Because this is all sounding really good. Yeah, it's kind of like how at Disneyland they have like the secret things you can do. Yeah, that's how I feel about like I learn more and more about airports. I'm like, oh, this doesn't have to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, like I could just hang out there all day and be totally cool. It'd be this fun. Is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Try this. I know. I'm like now really excited. I'm like, oh, my next flight is in November. Like, can I? Thank you, Fallon, because I'm going to, like, take a picture and be like, this is all because of Fallon. (laughs) Ballin. It's the best. It's so amazing. Also, Uh, the airport crush is real. Like, I was just going to say, if you haven't read Denise Williams, like, collection of airport novellas, um, I forget what the title of them all together is called, but they're so freaking cute. They're so cute. It's like, it's just so perfect. So if you're an airport lover like I am and you haven't read that yet, you need to get on that. I can remember the cover and I can't visualize because, you know, I read the the individual stories and I'm mixing up all of the words. Um, Because I have no organization on my bookshelf, which is the thing I need to actually do. I can't find it. I love Denise Williams' books, though. They're just amazing. She is incredible. It was it. so funny. I saw this reel on Instagram. Somebody had like dressed to the nines. They're like going to my on my flight and like hoping to be someone's airport crush. <laughs> <laughs> this, these are giving me all the ideas for the next time I'm in an airport. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. yeah. Nobody it's knows like, who you are, where you're from, and 
like they'll walk by and just be like, appreciate you. <laughs> I love it. I, I love, love it this so journey much. for all of us. Amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, I hate travel. I apologize for the last 20 minutes, but I don't really because it was awesome and I loved it. Maybe they will like it more now. Yeah. I mean, that's a the more you know type experience. It is. And I will say this is a really snotty, snobby, elitist thing to say. <laughs> but if Do you tell. are a person who doesn't like flying, like business class will change your life. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of those aspirational things. Maybe yeah. someday. Uh, get the get the like airline credit card and like pay your mortgage yes. with it or something. Oh my god! Absolutely <laughs> yes. Place. If you are not doing that, everybody, please immediately. You absolutely must be. Yeah, I'm not do doing that. that at all. No. Oh my god! I should. <laughs> I will send you a referral code so I get some points out of it. <laughs> oh, well, that travels a lot, and I feel like she definitely does the like business class that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, wow. yeah definitely seems like a different experience it's incredible highly recommend 10 out of 10 <laughs> and everyone should watch that new movie on netflix that also has like a plain love at first sight oh yeah, yeah. i haven't watched really that yet good. yeah you should because yeah. but on this after this recording you definitely should because it's okay. very like appropriate i haven't watched it yet because it pisses me off that they didn't call it love at first flight like i really i'm very <laughs> upset about that <laughs> Well, it's a book. I think it's the like statistical improbability of love at first sight. But yeah, oh, I agree. Love yeah. It. But I, but wow, yeah, you're right. They did. They really missed the, the pun ball. <laughs> like that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's a bummer. Oh well. That's why they should obviously be calling us Netflix. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, I agree. Get on it. It's like, hey, <laughs> I got a book with an airport can I love connection. Yeah. Right yeah, that's there the one. That's the Netflix adaption we need. We yeah. do, do need more um, sapphic, just rom coms yes. in general, because it's oh like God. there's a serious lack of sapphic rom coms. I agree. That's so true. That is well, so true. Hopefully. All right. Well, we touched on this a little bit when we were chatting about the book, but we would love to talk more with you about being a debut, especially now that you have like some distance from it because I mm -hmm. think when you're like in it in the midst of it it is just like like your brain can't even really process like what is happening and what's going on um and I think it's not until you hit that point afterwards where you're like have some time to like settle into it a little bit um I mean it still is overwhelming don't get me wrong <laughs> that yeah. part I don't think ever goes away and it's okay um, if you're still processing <laughs> yes oh my god yes absolutely um but yeah, we would love to hear just a little bit about like, like what was it like on actual debut day and going through all your events and doing all that stuff? And then like, how are you kind of feeling all about it now? Um, I think it's really strange when you have like a day job and are a mom and also like this is crazy thing is happening. And when I was leading up to it, um, I was trying to explain to one of the managers at work um, about my book coming out. And what ended up coming out, the first thing that I said was, yeah, so um, I'm really like Googleable right now, um, kind of, but like, and then I was trying to explain why like my name on things, like if you have it, you know, did not come out right. I came out sounding like I had an OnlyFans account, which I don't, for the record, I don't. Um, uh, but then I had to know, like, I'm a writer 
I don't know why I could have just said like, I've got a book coming out. Um, but again, I'm not really good at that. Uh, the word author doesn't just like blow off the lips uh, when I try to say, what do you do? I, I don't know. Characters, voices in my head, make stories. Um, so it's a bizarre thing, but the whole process was very exciting. Um, my daughter came with me to my first event on pub day at this wonderful bookstore in Frederick, which is a city in Maryland, which is great. And it's actually where the book is set. And um, my daughter came with me and she sat in the front row and she just, it was just the sweetest experience. And then she sat next to me during the signing and I brought a book with me so that the people who came to the event could like sign their names, kind of like, kind of like a yearbook or a guest book. And she made sure everybody signed their name and it was just the sweetest, most wonderful experience. Um, And just to have her see her mom like sitting up there and I had seen the Barbie movie the day before. So I was already like, vaguely crying constantly in my head um but it's an odd thing to go from thinking a dream would never happen to all of a sudden it is happening and it's happening like today um it's hard when you were a querying author for so long which I was to explain what it's like to be at the beginning of your career on some level but also feel like you've been working at this for a long time and um it's just a very strange experience to go from, wow, now I'm going into a, you know, a bookstore. And I think you guys have even talked about this one other time in a pot, what it's like to walk into a bookstore when you know your book might be into it and what, what it feels like. And I feel like it almost feels like you left something at a little lost and found, and, and it might be there and you're not really sure. And it, you walk in, you're like, is it here? Is it here? And then it, it is there. And it's, a weird magical experience because you're like, but how could it be here? And it is, it's your book. And it's in this place that you've never been into, but somehow a piece of your soul is in there, which sounds very dramatic. Um, But that's kind of how a book feels. And I wrote an email to my editor before it came out, basically saying that it kind of feels like having a baby, except that when you have a baby, you don't actually expect people to like look at it and point and give it, three stars and say it would be better if you didn't use so many M dashes. Um, You know, you eat out a fetus and you're just, everyone's going to be like, Oh, that's so cute. Um, But you have a baby coming out of your brain and then you just like never know how people are going to feel about it. Um, So it's a lot like having a baby, but also not. Um, It was a very unhinged email. Um, (laughs) We all send those. <laughs> she didn't fire. She didn't fire me from being an author after that. So much as, you know, yay, Lisa, thank you. Um, but yeah, so that, that was a very unhinged ramble about it being bananas experience. But I am still processing. Um, I think a lot of it was balancing like three different lives, and I think so many authors are doing that same thing, and it puts you in this kind of in between space a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Makes it hard to fully process the emotional impact of something mm-hmm. so wonderful as your dream coming true, which that just, it blows my mind when I think about it too hard. So. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and that kind of like that feeling almost, I don't know how about you feel about a court, but it like hasn't really gone away for me yet. Like it still feels like is this my life? Like I have that thought often still. And I just, am like, wait, is this, 
this is a thing that I'm doing. Like, this is my life now. Okay. Okay. And it still doesn't feel real. It's very strange. But it is, it's magic. And I feel like that magic of creation and have seeing something you create in the world, I can't imagine it going away because it hasn't, that magic I feel when I write hasn't gone away. And yeah, that's I love good. that for you, you found that hasn't gone away because yeah, it is a great feeling. It's a weird feeling, yeah. but it's also a great feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And um, yeah, I still have those moments where like when people like ask me what I do, for a living, like my first instinct is still to be like, oh, well, this is my day job and Mm -hmm. I'm a wedding planner. Um, Even though like I'm starting to pull back from that a little bit and shift more into writing stuff, like it still doesn't feel like that's like a real job, you know, like it feels like a made up job that I just have in my head. Like the, like the jobs that people have sometimes on the bachelorette where it's like, you know, um, professional pog collector or um (laughs) but just because it requires more explanation and certain things don't require if you've seen it in a movie or you've seen whatever it doesn't require explanation so then suddenly it feels like a real job yeah well and also too I feel like when you tell people like oh I'm an author their preconceived notions of what that means are not anywhere near what being an author is actually like like you tell them that and they like assume that you're like rolling in money and you're a bestseller and you you know have sold millions of books and have movie deals and it's like I mean that's like five people (laughs) the rest of us are out here in the middle just like trying to stay alive and there's just like I, I think people don't really get what publishing is like unless they're in it They don't. I think that's so true. And I don't know about y'all, but the money expectation is hilarious to me, um, for sure. Also is the, I think a lot of people then respond by saying, oh my gosh, I really wish, or or they would say like, oh yeah, I feel like if I ever had time, I would write a book or something like that. I get that response a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, which I totally get that feeling. But people say that (laughs) about a lot of different book things. Like, I wish I read more. I just don't have time. I'm like, yeah, well, just one of those things it's weird um I don't know authors being an author is so much more than I think what people expect it to be so I feel like you're so right and now I'm now I'm so curious what do you say when people ask you what you do Courtney I oh I was I was stuck on what you said about um if I had time I would write and I was thinking like what other professions do we say that to none Like, and I think it's because writing is so accessible, like it can be so accessible, right? But how, like, what a funny response too. God, if I had time, I would totally be a nurse. (laughs) Well, it's just, it was so strange, right? Like, um, I feel like, yeah, it is such an odd thing that the people, I think with creative pursuits. Yes. And my best friend, um, is a singer songwriter and so she has been playing music and writing music and doing this for a long time and I've watched just I've watched being on the other side of it how people respond to her and mm-hmm. what a creative pursuit looks like to other people and how mm-hmm. different it is from what it is on the inside yeah mm-hmm. and how people do not understand the labor component to yes. it even when we love it there is a labor component to yes. both publishing and writing 
And yeah. I think so if people just see it as like a, oh, yeah, I just like scribble down some stories. They're not really understanding what it fully is. Exactly. So I think that's why they're just like, it's like, yeah, if I had time, I would go to like a Pilates class. Like, uh, yes, it probably sounds the same. Yeah, I yeah. think it like that. It's like, what's is it diminutive is the right word? Like it yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, I agree with you. And because people don't normally understand everything it takes because publishing is so opaque and like people are like, so how, how does this work? What does this mean? What is, what does it mean that who bought your book and what does your editor do? And what it like, it's a very opaque industry. So people don't understand. Yeah. We don't even understand. (laughs) That's just thinking. Do people ask you questions? And well, I mean, okay. So for me, I'm like super clueless and I ask my editor, questions and I'm like you know people ask me things about publishing and I have to be like I don't I was gonna use a bad word am I allowed to use a bad word absolutely Um, okay (laughs) I don't fucking know I just started this I'm like a publishing baby um I don't know what I'm doing at all so people will sometimes ask me like in the weeds sort of questions about different things Mm -hmm. yeah do people ask you that stuff oh yeah and then at least for me I have no idea yeah yeah. I say that too. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll find out one day. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I just work here as I get my computer. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. It's so true though. But I did uh, kind of oh sorry, Fallon. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. I kind of just recently started telling people. Like, um, and it was kind of exciting. <laughs> I was like, Well, I work in marketing, but also I have a second job. <laughs> And I'm an author. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, what? Um, what? And then they ask a million questions and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. This is too much of a yeah. conversation. That's the million <laughs> questions. That's what you're risking. Yeah. Because if you just I... say, I'm a, I don't know, like I'm a pig farmer, like people know what that means. And they're not like, oh, well, you know, how many sows do you have on a normal, like they, they yeah. probably, I mean, maybe they would. I would probably ask that. And... I don't know very many pig, pig farmers, but you know, <laughs> but it's pretty straightforward. Um, but I, and then there's another layer to it too. Like I kind of like to know who I'm telling because Mm -hmm. it's like, they're going to be like, what do you write? And I'm like, I, I write queer romance books. And like, is this, is this a safe person? Is this like, you know, I mean, there's that other layer to it too. And which is sad to say, but there is. It is. And I think, especially with what we write, knowing that you're like telling a safe person is important. Um, yeah. I will say one of our, one of my wonderful anesthesiologists at work will sometimes like bring it up randomly. Like if a patient's parent or something is saying that they're reading, they're like, oh, well, did you know that she wrote a book? Oh. And I'm like, oh, it was just so sweet. But I'm like, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I know my, my husband um, for a long time, I mean, he still tells everybody, but I think it's become such like a part of our life now. But when, um, he, when I got my book deals, like you could, you could order my wife's book. You could pre-order it. You could pre-order it. And like, he would be on his like bike ride with his friends and getting everybody to like order it. And he's like, That's yeah, it's, so it's like, it's like a gay Hallmark. You need to order it. <laughs> it's really cute. That's adorable. It's really sweet. That's but, the kind of on-the-ground marketing we all need. But then yes. I had my neighbors coming up to me like, oh, tell me about your book. I'm like, Michael, <laughs> why? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had... it's really awkward. Like sometimes people from my parents' church and they're very conservative will be like, oh my gosh, I pre-ordered your book. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> That's great. Like maybe skip pages. Um, like... I had that last year when my son's teacher was like, oh, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a writer. And she was like, oh, what do you write? And I was like, oh, I write romance novels. And she yeah. was like, oh my God, I love romance novels. And I was like, Great. And then like my kid came home from school like a week later and he was oh. like, My teacher bought your book. And I was like, Oh shit. Could you, could you ask her to read it over summer break after you're not in her class anymore? Yeah, there's something about writing romance novels. <laughs> like my sister in law is like texting me from the car where they're listening to my audiobook and my brother <laughs> is driving. She's like, I'll let you know. And I'm like, Great. Great. I, Yay. I think too, like, I, I, I know I, I'm not the only one like this, but I feel like you have a little bit of your author persona, right? Or like that part that needs to be a little bit extroverted and like you're comfortable, like in the reader community, it's like, this is just what it is and you're comfortable in that. But like the second that I bring it out into my day-to-day life, it feels like so exposed like I feel so exposed like mm-hmm. I'm no longer in my little community of book people and it's like now people can just judge me however they want <laughs> and it yeah it is a strange feeling I, I, I don't know maybe because I came up writing in that online community so it feels like such like a bubble in this in a safe space and we all like know what we're talking about as far as like terminology and like but then once you bring it out, it's like having to explain it and like answer a lot of questions just feels so strange. Well, because a lot of things out of, it's out of context too. Yeah. So you have, yeah. and, you know, I was a bookstagrammer long before I had a book deal and you just have certain things that everyone kind of knows words about. I saw a recent TikTok video where they talked about DNFing, but somebody wrote a DNR to this book, which is hilarious. So it's like they didn't resist, which I think is hilarious. But like, just like silly, like acronyms like that. Yeah. And I'm outside of DC. So I'm used to acronyms. Uh, this is an acronym friendly place. But like, we book people have our own like weird jargon and acronyms and stuff. And then you have to explain that and then you accidentally use one and then you feel like you're, I don't know, it's a weird thing. You On one of your other episodes, you talked about when you were at one of those big book festivals where you kind of like felt weird going up to people because you're just like I'm I'm little introvert me and Mm -hmm. I love that episode so much because that's so how I feel anytime (sighs) I'm anywhere having to be like an author person but at least it gives you a job like well I'm in the you know yeah yeah but it is a weird feeling yeah and it's like so close to your heart and then having to like present it to somebody who doesn't really get that normally it feels weird um shoot I had I forgot what I was gonna say continue <laughs> it, it'll I'll remember and I'll say it later <laughs> yeah I just um I and I think we talked about this a while ago that I like debut year in itself is just like such a, a weird time that when like the calendar switched over to 2023 and I was no longer in my debut year. Like I had like a sense of like relief because like, it just felt like so much buildup and anticipation and like pressure and expectations. And then 
you know, you have this big moment happen. And then there's like this period of like, sort of let down at the end where it's like, now it's over. Now what do I do? Like I've been leading up to this moment, like my whole life and now it, it's come and it's gone. Um, and I kind of like, I felt that relief, but I, it still feels overwhelming. <laughs> it does. I, I feel don't like... want to like tell people that like, Hey, it never gets better. Um, a lot no, of things do feel get better, better in a way. <laughs> okay, like, I mean, it just because I didn't have like my pub day and the pub week was just a lot all at once, but I feel like it wasn't until like a few weeks later where things settled and it wasn't even like a let down so much as like a, whoa. So that all happened. It was more just like this, whoa moment where then that's all happened. And now I had been working through that for such a long time. And now, you know, I still have a book on the horizon and that kind of stuff, but it's like you have to take a step back and then now you're evaluating it from a different experience and you first you live it and then you go back through. And if you have anxiety like me, you, you kind of relive some of the moments over and over again. You're like, well, could I have done that better? Or like, could I have posted more? Could I, what, what else could I have done? So it's a lot all at once. Yeah. Big feelings. Yeah. Lots of big feelings. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Just big feelings all around. Um, all right, we're running a little short on time because we're having too many amazing conversations and we have to talk about at least one more topic because as our reader, or as our readers, as our listeners know, <laughs> I am not a Swifty, but I have been bombarded <laughs> the past couple weeks <laughs> with the Travis and Taylor situation, which I honestly am living for. Like I am living for all of these Swifties, like overnight becoming football fans. I am loving that like viewership of NFL games is like through the roof. Um, and I kind <laughs> of want to be like, yeah, so see sports when you actually have something catering to the mostly women crowd interests will actually tune in and support you. So maybe stop writing us off and pretending like we don't matter. Um, but I'm just like, like a thousand romance novels were born. <laughs> in those pictures. I, and it's just been kind of wonderful to see. Um, I think there was the whole trend on TikTok where, you know, the women were going to their boyfriends and being like, you know, Taylor Swift is really putting Travis Kelsey on the map and seeing those responses. And I feel like that's one of those like litmus test responses where you're like, okay, like you got a little triggered there, dude. Like, you know, um, but also no one knows anybody from the NFL outside of the U S so like slowly roll. Um, and Taylor Swift is a living legend, but also it's been beautiful to see in the football, like some of the football population and even on like the Travis and Jason Kelsey podcasts, like they have been very respectful and very just like excited. And there hasn't been any like that weirdness that you feel like when people are kind of like looking down on something that's fun. Um, I feel like that side of it has been just so beautiful is to feel like the NFL and some of these spaces where women didn't feel quite as safe, um, just being women have embraced this like Swifty world culture. And I think that's so wonderful. And I feel like we've seen it in general with the, with all of everything around the Eras tour and how women are been, been able to like re-embrace some of these things like 
friendship bracelets and everything all at once and wearing crazy costumes. And how often do we get to do that as grownups? Um, yeah. Not often enough, I don't think. And so I've, I've been living for it too. And I was a football fan before and I did, I've done fantasy football, but then I have kind of fallen out of it a little bit the last few years. But this is so much fun and it's great to have an excuse to really get back into it. And man, this so much drama. I- <laughs> it's just so um I don't know yeah I have always been a football fan growing up um what's your team well I mostly am a college football person ah um so I grew up in Southern California so I'm a big UCLA fan um also because USC is the only school that rejected me. So it was nice to have a reason to hate them forever. <laughs> Just rude. always love UCLA. How dare they, really? <laughs> you know, but um, I've, I've struggled with my relationship with football over the past couple of years because it's just hard with like knowing like the health risks and the racism and like there's just like so so many problematic areas of football that it it feels a little hard for me to like fully dive in and support it these days but I love that this has like brought a little bit of joy back into it for me to like not feel weighed down so much in all of the the icky parts of it and just like really be there for the fun stuff I agree. I think that it was the concussions that really like started to get to me. And I, I think it's the sound is a lot better on the field too. So I can like hear the, the, the helmets yes. collide in such a way. And the Ooh. nurse, the air nurse part of me is just like, like viscerally responds. Um, but I yeah. agree. It has been nice to have a good, what about you, Courtney? Are you a football fan? Were you a football no. fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're a Swifty. Yeah, are you a Swifty? I love Taylor <laughs> Swift. Um, I don't, I'm, I wouldn't call myself like a hardcore Swifty, but I just, I love her. I love her. Um, it's like we need like the level one, I'm like a level one Swifty. There's like <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. levels, like yes. one, one through, one through, whatever. I don't know how many levels do we need. That's me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, I love football as an aesthetic. <laughs> well, that for you. You like the tailgating vibes. Yeah, I like, like the vibes. Yes. I, like the, I love the idea of having like, it's fall football and we have lots of snacks and I love halftime and I like, I'm that football person, um, which is fine. I accept it. My, my spouse went through a big time of like, he liked the Packers for a while. And then I think he just got so like disheartened because they weren't winning. (laughs) And he got, he was like so sad about it. I'm like, that's fine. And, but like I made snacks every Sunday. I was like, it's time. It was time (laughs) for, for snacks cozy and snacks um yeah so that that was me I had no idea who Travis Kelsey was I was like who is this baseball player oh my god (laughs) and I was like oh he has like three million followers I guess a lot of people know him and then I was like oh he plays football and it was so funny because my husband and I were just talking about this the other day and we were just laughing about it I'm like yeah here come the gals gays and days you know to the football games now <laughs> yep um, so really taylor swift is bringing us all together yeah. in new ways i um, think it's so. true it's true <laughs> the snacks are immaculate for football so games. True. yeah um i was gonna say because i think most people know that courtney and i grew up in the same town yeah. um 
we went to rival high schools and part of my love for football comes from the fact that my high school football team was fucking amazing and we killed everybody (laughs) all the time (laughs) mine was really good too i think my junior i think my football team won states like junior year but i mean i'm in maryland so that's not as big as other bigger states but yeah but it does make it magical like friday night that friday night lights Mm -hmm. i feel like the next generation is going to discover have you guys seen friday night lights the tv show oh yeah oh yeah so good (laughs) um i think this is gonna gonna make everybody rediscover friday night lights the show and it's gonna be like the next big like show to go viral and everyone's gonna be rewatching it how many football romances we're gonna see now or friday night lights romances so i have to give a shout out because um alexa martin already yes has a hero based on travis kelsey oh my god yeah so she wrote a book with him as like hero inspiration it's called fumbled um obviously it's not the taylor swift story because that she wrote it years ago but uh the hero's name is tk and he is perfection so if you are like i want the travis taylor romance but i can't wait the year that it's gonna take or two years that it's gonna take to get them um, go check out Fumbled by Alexa Martin, and yes. it will uh, scratch the itch for you. That series is fantastic. Like, so good. One of the first that I fell in love with when I started reading romance. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize it was yeah. actually based on Travis Kelsey, like, mm-hmm. which totally makes sense. But Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, Alexa, if you don't know, is married to a former NFL player. So her her football series is like, very rooted in the football romance football wife life and they're amazing amazing so oh, good that's so cool i know now i'm like oh, do i have to get back into watching football now well yeah i mean hockey romance was really having a moment like there was a lot of hockey yes some drama with books and <laughs> hockey romance yeah. over the summer but now I feel like we're we're veering into football being like yeah. a thing. I see it. Yeah. I I used to it. like the high school football games because it was the only place I could go and like like I wasn't allowed to date. <laughs> so sure. if I went to the football game, I could like see my crush there. <laughs> Not oh, a date. Yeah. Maybe I was always a football fan. <laughs> I, but there's something about the Friday night, like there was like this like pizza smell and this like hot dogs. I don't know, it all mixed together mm-hmm. on a Friday night and you'd go and oh. That's right. It's cool. It was a cool time. My daughter um, recently went to like a Friday night football game with her friends, and um, like the another parent had taken them all, and my husband and I were home, and we were like watching a movie, and we're like, "Should we? Is this like a Friday night lights community situation? Should we be there?" He's like, "Yeah, probably." (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, next time." (laughs) Anyway, oh man. Good stuff. All right. Well, we had so much more that we planned to chat with you about. So we're going to have to have you come back on the podcast so that we can talk about all the things that we didn't get to. Um, But this was like a truly amazing conversation. So um, we appreciate you. But before we let you go, can you give us some hints as to what might be coming up next for you? So I'm working on um, getting, well, there's book two I was contracted for two books so the 
book two hopefully will come out probably around the same time next year. Who knows? I don't know. Publishing big giant monster. I don't control it like an airplane. It's just <laughs> as, as a thing. Um, but um, Gus, who's the dog in book one, is very, very important in book two. And um, book two does center on a quite beloved character from book one. So I'm very excited. Um, just sent a quite extra uh, cover inspo Canva doc to my editor recently. And um, we've just been working on getting the last phase before we start moving into the production book stuff. And I'm really excited. And um, I have a bunch more ideas that I'm going to be working and really excited for that in the future. It's kind of crazy that I get to do this. So very exciting. Well, we'll have to have you come back on when book two comes out. Um, You said Gus and I was like, yes, sold. (laughs) Oh, he's one of my favorite characters. So um, (laughs) I love it so much. Um, And last thing is, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on the interwebs? Absolutely. So I am most active on Instagram. I'm Andy writes and reads on Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok. I'm somewhat of a reluctant TikToker, but I try. And I think I'm also Andy writes and reads on that one. But I, you know, I don't know. My ADHD working memory sometimes. I think (laughs) I might have changed. No, I think that is it. I've got links in my bio on Instagram. I'm on. Go. I'm still on the crumbling social media site, formerly known as Twitter, um, <laughs> for the time being. And I think it's Sandy writes a lot on that. But basically, you can find me on Instagram at Andy Writes and Reads, and then also on my website, um, AndyBurke.com. And I think that's the main main spots. Amazing. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being here. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Like I'm like fangirling a little bit right now because it's just like like, when I was coming out of some like mental health stuff, like Val in your book was like one of the first books that I could just like just drown in in the best sort of way ever. And then my like favorites, one of my favorite topic books of the the year last year was your book, Courtney. So I really can't believe that I'm here and that I get to be chatting with y'all virtually. So I'm very, very excited. So thank you so much for having me on. We adore you. Yeah. Yeah. It was our pleasure. You're the best. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. And thank you guys for listening and we will chat with you more next week. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore K K A E on all social media platforms. And you can find me Fallon Ballard at Fallon Ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time.